Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this and you tuned into the only sports podcast with both brains and bars, it is It's a Black and White Thing. I am one half of the Dynamic Duo A1. Please remember, as always, you can find the show on SoundCloud. Just go to soundcloud.com backslash brains and bars to find all episodes of It's a Black and White Thing. You can also go to ampedentertainment.net. Check us out there. You can also check us out by going to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Radio Public, and Anchor by searching hashtag brains and bars, and you can check out every episode of the show there as well. If you go to Anchor, create an account um, and search for us there, like our, our page. You can also leave us a voice note there. We will listen to it, respond back to you, and play it on the show. So... That's kind of like, you know, the, the quick intro. Shout out to the humble one, B. Harris, who is allowing us to record in his space. We appreciate you, brother. Um, go check out Rated M on all uh, digital outlets. You can go cop that, stream it, help that young man out. You can also go to uh, Puss in Boots Gaming. Um, that is, the S's are five, so Puss in Boots Gaming. Check out all his videos he does. He does Red Dead Redemption. Uh, I'm trying to think. I just saw the Red Dead Redemption. I think it had something to do with Granny. Um, so anyway, but you can check out all the videos he's got there. I can't think of all the video games. I'm not a video game head like that no more. Um, but I don't do this show by myself. So as, as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, A-Ward. What's going on with you? What's good, y'all? What's good, y'all? Uh, check me out, imaward.com. Follow me on social media. It's good to be back. Um, <clears throat> it's good to be consistent. I mean, this is like probably six shows in like the last eight weeks or something like that you know trying man yeah. trying trying i'm trying to get my podcast empire off the ground i got something with wifey i need to be get jumping and you know i was t- talking about before the show about you know investing in things and so i'm have to holler at you know at b and get some get some tips and some pointers because i need to get some mics and stuff for the crib maybe a camera or two you know to record when we're here maybe Maybe throw some stuff up on YouTube. I'm not trying to be full Joe Button out here. Maybe, you know, <laughs> Joe Button light, you know, <laughs> diet Joe Button out here in these podcast streets. So, um, yeah, man. Um, yeah, definitely glad to be back in the swing of things. And as usual, you know, the way we start every show by going into what I learned this week. Um, and really, I learned I learned one. Well, I learned a couple of things. One, my son's birthday is tomorrow. Um, you know, he's asked for a lot of different stuff. So I was late getting here tonight because... I'm getting stuff for him for his birthday tomorrow. And um, one of the things he'd asked for a while back was a Nintendo Switch. You know, you know, Nintendo Switch, you know, it's a dope little concept, right? Got the console, but then you can also take it on the go with your little handheld device, whatever, yada, yada. So I'm like, cool, we out Saturday. We're doing some things, you know, taking care of some grown-up business, oil changes and whatnot. And I'm like, yo, let me check out this, uh, this Switch. I might want to get this for him for his birthday. Oh, we in this section walking around. I looked down at the price. $300? <laughs> you didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. I figured, you know. What you think? I it was like a Game Boy? $69.99? Nah, man. I thought it was going to be like $150, maybe $175. You know, maybe something. You know, I, I can say, you know, I'm going to take $25 a paycheck, put it away, and then, you know, maybe for, you know, for Christmas or something. Nah, man, 300 bones. I'm like, are you kidding? Bruh. I was tight. I was tight when I saw their price. I'm like, son, you ain't to myself, right? Like, you're not getting this. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it will be for Christmas because I'm about to put away this bread <laughs> and and buy it for you. But nah, <laughs> man. But that's the first thing I learned that video games are are still super stupid expensive. 
I think that system itself is like the. I mean, I don't think anything's been released since like when Xbox One came out. You know, that's like the newest. Yeah, I don't system know if, of like the last five years, maybe. Did Xbox Xbox came out with one new system since the one, right? I thought they did. See, I don't play video games like that. I don't so, either. Not um, no more, man. Like you know, I, used I, know, to play... I know we're still on PS4, and um, I don't know if they came up with a new design, but I don't know that it's been um anything newer than that. So, but the Switch. Um, no, yeah, you're that, right. That thing's a hot commodity, man. I got a couple friends that have the Switch, and I've I've played it a few times. It's fun, you know. It's it's, yeah. it's actually really cool. So, um, yeah. But, so yeah. you know, video games still they still going for a grip out here in these streets. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing I learned actually today, like on my way to the the show. Um, so you know, uh, in Avengers Endgame. Mm -hmm. We are twenty, like twenty three days away, twenty four days away from this this dropping. Very highly anticipated, you know. And uh, advanced tickets are out now, so if you want to get your tickets now, you can. And I was, you know, at work, and all of a sudden, you know, shout out to Loso. Loso sends out a tweet. I see, and it's like people are paying, like people are flipping in game tickets. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so people are out here copying tickets to Avengers Endgame opening night and scalping them and then turning around, throwing them on eBay. Uh, I don't know if they're on StubHub. I do. One of my homies sent me a screenshot of Endgame tickets for five hundred dollars. <laughs> five hundred dollars. Half a rack for Endgame tickets. And I'm like, wait, is it is it like is this a one night only event? Right. Like, is there something I'm is like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We'll have to will the cast be at certain spots across the country for a meet and greet? Is this why tickets going for five hundred dollars? No, people out here because of spoilers. They don't want they don't want to have to get on their phone and worry about somebody talking about a movie. I'm just like, yo, who's gonna remember three hours worth of plot plot points? Right. Like, like what? Like we are complicit in our own, and I'm just disgusted. Now I can't lie. I went out there and started looking up tickets. I'm a I'm a AMC. Uh, I'm an A list dude. So I pay the I pay the fee, and I get to see three movies a month. Oh, cool. Is there any movies you want? Uh, I mean, like this one, obviously, right? Yeah. I mean, but I mean, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I misunderstood you. Yes, it's any movie you want. You don't have to wait like two weeks. Like if I wanted to go see, if I wanted to line up and see Endgame three times in one week, I could do it. It's twenty bucks a month. Me and my wife go to the movies at least twice a month for sure, if not three times. Nice. So you're paying like you know, depending on when you now go. wait, you pay twenty bucks a month for one person though, right? For one person, unfortunately, okay. yes, it is one person. But I mean, if we go to the movies, you know. Well, let me ask you this: Can you both go to one, and then you still have one ticket left? Um. So you set it up on your phone. So like she has her own account, I have my own account. Oh, okay. So she pays twenty two as well. Okay. So like, I was just wondering if you could pay the twenty and then use two of your tickets for you and your wife. No. Okay. Trust me that if if we could, we would have finessed yeah. it like that. <laughs> no, you have to pay for that. But we go like I said, we go at least at least two movies a month, and if we get lucky, we might be able to do that trifecta. Right. In one month, but again, I can go. That's per week, so mm -hmm. I can go see Avengers three times in one week. For twenty bucks, then go next week. Go see it again. Three oh, weeks. You can see three movies a week. Three movies a week. Oh wow! Not that's a month. Impressive. Three movies a week. Yeah, that's so impressive. I can go as often as I want to the movies for twenty bucks a month. Yeah, because I mean, who's even got time to go more than twice a week? 
Not really. Not right. really. And like I said, we go at least twice a month. Um, and then if we get an, another opportunity, we might squeeze in that third mm-hmm. one. But awesome. it's just a convenience of it, yeah. you know? So, you know, we got that. And I went and started looking at, look at tickets. And I was like, yo, we might want to, you know, maybe Friday night. You know, seats are filling up, you know. But I just, that's crazy to me, bro. Another question. Can you reserve, I mean, can you basically go online and say, okay, we're going to use our tickets and reserve seats for Thursday or whatever? Or is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, you could do the same thing technically <clears throat> with any AMC app. Right, you just would have to pay. For, you would pay for it at that time. Gotcha. When we log in and when we, you know, choose our seats, basically our price is zero. Gotcha. Because we're sense. basically we're all, we're already a mm-hmm. member. So, mm-hmm. um, I enjoy it. Um, I think it's pretty dope. Like I said, it gets us. I forget how much. I don't remember how much tickets. I would think anymore. it would also hold you kind of accountable to date nights too. You know? It does. That's cool. It does. It makes make sure as we get, make sure we get out and see movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, man, that's what I learned this week. You know, we are complicit in our own destruction and buying. You know, we flipping Avengers Endgame tickets out here. I would, that shocked me. Shocked me. But anyway, you can hit us up. What you learned. I forgot to give out our, our Twitter and, and Facebook. You can get on Twitter, Facebook, search at Brands and Bars. You can let us know what you learned. If you have any questions, comments for the show, hit us up there. Uh, what are you looking forward to this, this Man, weekend? I don't know. I don't know what I'm... I always don't know what I'm looking forward to this week. I'm going to start having things that are non-sports related. So that's going to be my goal for now on. Uh, since you, you do non-sports related things... In what you learned sometimes sometimes um and and my goal is 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 going to be um to do the same i i don't know maybe what i'm looking forward to this week is trying the um the vanilla coke orange i don't know i've seen that on all of the the, the commercials for uh the, the march madness I'm, I'm looking forward to that i'm gonna make it a point to to find some of that um but i'm also looking forward to uh the nfl draft coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's in a month, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know that we're not really going to touch on that on tonight's episode, but that's kind of what I've been gearing up for as far as, as, far as articles I've been reading, um, different mock drafts, different um, combine results and different things like that. I've been kind of looking into a lot of that. I want to get an idea of who some of my sleepers are, some people that I think would be good fits for certain teams, and just kind of, uh, just kind of diving into that. Um, but outside of that, I'm hopefully looking forward to UConn not winning the women's national championship. Like they're not going to be the favorites. Like that's crazy. Yeah, and like Baylor's going to be yeah. the favorite. And Notre Dame, I think. Did, did Notre, Notre Dame, Dame they they advance again. Okay. so they're still defending their championship. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully looking forward to that. And um, outside of that, yeah, you know, the end of the NBA, the a lot of the playoff races. And I watched some basketball last night. The Heat, the Magic. I think, and the Nets, all three lost last night mm. with um, game. They're all like a half game apart from each other. So that whole six, seven, and eight seed is all literally going to come down to the last game of the year, um, probably. So, yep, just paying attention there. So, man, it's it's tough, man. Like, I'm, I'm an OKC supporter, I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. And, like, they have, they were the three seed coming out of the All Star break, and they have just. I don't think Paul George ever got right with his show. He had suffered a shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's going to be 100% the rest of the season. You couple that with Westbrook, who's having a little bit of a down season, a little bit of a regression. And, man, it's just not. And they're going to have to play Denver or freaking Golden State in the first round. It's just not going to end well. Like, I could definitely see them getting out of here in five games. And mm-hmm. that makes me sad because I enjoy. They have the pieces. They have the pieces. They got the talent. Um, I just don't know what it'll take to get them over the hump the next couple of years. Hopefully Kevin Durant leaving uh, Golden State just to make things a little bit more interesting across the league. Yeah. 
But yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Let me see how much time. I, we actually might get to break early. Uh-oh. I like that. I like to actually get to pause the clock instead of actually canceling it because I'm the, the timer's gone off or getting ready to go off. So, you know we'll, when you have like the guest pastor and he ends on time and you're like, what the heck? Like, it's not, it's not, it's not 1245. <laughs> it's not, it's not. We're getting out of here a little bit early on this first segment. So, we're going to jump into this first song, man. Like, ah, uh, this is a tough one. Uh, listen, I'm going to be, I'm going to keep it. Keep it a buck. Um, I was not. I'm not. I, I didn't come up a huge Nip Nipsey Hussle fan. Um, I was only familiar with Victory Lap. I thought Victory Lap was one of the better albums of 2018, if not one of the best albums of 2018. Um, and you know, to hear of his passing, like it allowed me to to get acquainted with a bunch of clips, a bunch of interviews, a bunch of videos where I got acquainted with just how integral he was for his hood from where he was from the great things he was doing in his hood where he was from and um he definitely has has left um a legacy to follow something to ascribe to something to attain for in terms of how we want to impact our community so i'm going to play all victory lap joints tonight man um shout out to the homie armand he posted a list uh spotify list of his one of some of his favorite hustle joints i'm going to check that out but we're going to start off, man, with Victory Lap, the uh, title track from the album from, from Nipsey, Nipsey Hustle, Victory Lap. So you listen to It's a Black and White Thing with A1 and A Ward. Nipsey Hustle Victory Lap title track from the album. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't have to tell you to go stream it like that joint in the wake of his passing. Um, you know, his music. I think they said that Victory Lap was like number two on iTunes. I think uh, was it Crenshaw? Yeah, Crenshaw was like number. It was top ten for sure. It might have been number seven. So you know, I don't have to tell you to go stream it, man. Y'all out here been really rocking with dudes' music. Um, you know, real heavy here this past this past week. So, uh, let, but you know, let's jump into some uh, NCAA. You know, this is it's a black and white thing. A one A Ward, and um, you know, rough weekend for us. You know, our teams. Listen, I I I put it to you like this: when you make a Sweet Sixteen, 
it's a good year. Like when you make it to a Sweet 16, you make it to Elite Eights, Final Fours, it's a good year depending on what the expectations are. I feel like for, you know, I think both of our squads had at least Final Four expectations, at least hopes, um, you know, and things just didn't didn't quite pan out that way for us. Um, you know, I'll start with your squad first. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll ask you, Did I'm, a, I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question. You do. Can you, can you, is it possible for you to take the Tennessee hat off for like at least the five seconds it'll take to answer this question? Was it a foul? Did Lamonte Turner foul Carson Edwards? Mm. There was contact. There was contact with his hip. Um, I don't. I don't know that it's a foul enough to blow the whistle. If that even makes sense, because you would say if it's a foul, it's a foul. If it's not, it's not. Um, <clears throat> the contact to me did not change the trajectory of his shot. It did not like it didn't affect if the ball was going to go in or go out. And I f- firmly feel like you know, Lamonte Turner said. I, t- I was telling him all game. He's like, I don't know if it's against the rules or not, but he's kicking his leg out. I can't get any kind of closure on any of these threes because he keeps kicking his leg out. You know, I've been telling the refs all game. They decided he felt like that he kind of brought his leg out again. Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you this much. Exact same play happened in West in Virginia and Purdue the next night, you know, when Kyle Guy comes around and shoots a three-pointer with – I want to say 45 seconds to go or something like that. And the dude, I mean, the dude comes across, you know, hits his leg, does everything, and there's there's literally no whistle at all, you know. Um, so I've seen plenty of instances where that's not that's not the call. Um, so I wasn't so like, oh, my God, phantom foul. Like there was one of those against Kentucky, I think, on a three-pointer where Lamonte Turner blocked a three-pointer. Um, oh yeah, that was was that SEC? Yeah, SEC uh, tournament. Tournament. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me right yeah, now? Well, he completely blows by. Yeah, you know. And so uh, I'm not on like that, you know, phantom foul thing. I just don't think you make the call. So, so let me. Well, before I ask that question, actually, no, I, I'll, I'll go. I'll go here now. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about, especially in basketball? This is a thing of you call a game one way to start. You call it another way to finish. So basically, this idea that you let you let them play it out at the end. So if there is something you would have called to like, you know, ten minutes of the first half, thirty seconds and under second half, you don't call it. Man, I think that I I personally agree with some situational type like 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 um, areas. So so mind you, if that game's tied, right? Yeah. Instead of them down two. Like, I really think you don't make that call. One, because we're going to overtime. We got five more minutes. Let's let the guys play it out. Hopefully, it doesn't come down to another whistle. You know what I mean? Well, no. I mean, you got to remember, though. Well, I guess, are you talking about in your scenario? Yes, in my scenario. So well, I mean, like, they were down. They That was for the win. So, if he misses. Right. It's over. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so, I'm saying, like, like if it's tie game yeah. and you and you hold the whistle – 
it, it, you didn't cause somebody to win or lose in in that in that in that weird sense, you know, because we're going to overtime. Okay. Whereas, I mean, we're lucky he missed a free throw. Right, because that was ball game if he hit all three. Yeah, it's ball game if he hit all three. You know. Okay. So I'm okay with like in some in like some late game, but I think that the only time that you should really kind of change how you're calling the game is if there's like tension, you know, like if you're get if you get to that double foul, you know, you see the teams are kind of like aggressively going at each other, there's some technical fouls or whatever. Okay, then now you guys, your attitude and how you're playing the game has forced me to make sure that I'm not allowing you, you know, to play a certain way. But I don't like the whole idea of going into it like, okay, well we're gonna, you know, and then we're gonna let you play at the end. No, I don't I don't I don't know that I like that. Yeah, yeah. So Here's something I wish that college would adopt for in-game situations. I think it makes games more entertaining. Um, it gives teams a chance to uh, answer late in games. They need to adopt the NBA rule of the time after out. timeout, mm-hmm. you advance the ball to mm-hmm. what is it? I don't. It's not even half court. It's like it's basically the other side. Like yeah. you just get the ball on your side of the court mm-hmm. with the opportunity to answer whatever just happened. I think. That needs to happen because it again it would make games more entertaining. Let's just say you know uh, Carson Edwards hits all three shots. Now if they can take a timeout and advance the ball, right? One point seven seconds. Give, yeah, yeah. You give Tennessee one more shot to answer versus trying to ask them to recreate the Leitner play, which is a right, or the Bryce Drew play, which these are one in a million right. opportunities. These don't come. I mean, there. it's even we talked about last week how the onside kick has been four out of fifty two or something like that. Yeah. It's just been so the, the percentage. This is even less, you know, like like actual like I want to say game winners with under two seconds to go full court. You know what I mean? Like it's just such a minimal, you know, percentage yeah. of people that are going to convert that. And that's I mean, there's a reason why we were again, there's a reason why we remember Leitner. Right. There's a reason why we remember Bryce Drew. Like I get I get Leitner, Duke, Kentucky, Duke wins the championship, regional final, but like Bryce Drew was like a first round game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But we all remember his name in part because, you know, against Mississippi, three quarter court throw, right. catch by the big man, kicks it to Bryce Drew who's streaking three for the win. Right. You know, so like we remember those plays because they are once in a lifetime plays. And so for to make games more entertaining, not that they aren't entertaining already, but just to make them more entertaining, they need to make sure that you can advance the ball off a timeout mm-hmm. in the end of game situation. So the question I, I held off on, what did you think of Rick Barnes saying it was a foul? He said it was a foul? He said he said it was a foul. Um, <clears throat> I don't... I've been a little bit critical of Rick Barnes and how... Um, he coaches and how he approaches referees. I think Rick Barnes just knows that, like, he's not ever going to be the Calipari, Roy Williams, you know, fired up, yell at you, get te- te- technicals or anything. So he's playing, like, the long game of, like, his tenure, you know, at Tennessee in, in, in siding with referees and hoping that he gets his calls and stuff based off of, you know, him not being, like, the thorn in the side. Um I don't, I don't, I don't know though, because then you feel like you didn't back up your your players, you know, and um, for him to say that, I didn't, I didn't see that he said that, which is I, I I've read most of the articles and different things, but um, yeah, I don't know that I, I don't know that I, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know that I agree with him saying that. I don't think you had to say anything. Yeah, I mean, and plus, I don't know what it does for him after the fact to be like. I mean, if they ask you, is it a foul? You just say the referee called it a foul. Yeah, you know, he called it a foul. I disagree. I mean, I disagree. Yeah, and I, I mean, to give, I guess, give my own perspective on it. So, by letter of the law, you're supposed to give the player a chance to. You have to give him obviously the opportunity to get the shot up without fouling him, but you also have to give him the space to land. That's where they got him. It was not that he altered the shot, but that he didn't give him the space to land. I still felt like he landed, though. (laughs) I mean, he landed fine. And he didn't land on a foot. He didn't land on, you know. Right. And so I understand what they're saying by by the letter of the law, just for like the spirit of it. Like it wasn't. Like, again, like it wasn't something that altered the shot. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that made the sh- Like, it, he didn't hit his arm when he went up with it or, or his upper body, so it, it affected his form or something. Like, he shot it. He got close. He came down. And it's like, if it were me, it's like, no, you let that play out. Yeah. And we see what happens after that. Because there's still – we still don't know what happens if – well, I guess the game was essentially over. So they would need to get a rebound and at least get a putback for a time. Right, right. But, I mean, I you know, I don't know, man. I – it's a tough way to go out. Like I said, I'm I'm pretty sure you had at least final four aspirations for the squad, and you, you know, kind of see what goes. I from said there. elite. I said elite eight or bust. I mean, I, I said elite eight or failure. So you know, we talk we talk about is it a failure of a season, and you say Sweet Sixteen is great to get to, depending on expectations of your squad. You know, <clears throat> um, I don't think North Carolina was. What was North Carolina preseason? They were top. 10. Okay. That were top 10. Okay. Um, the idea is to get to the final four. The, um, the talent level of our team, I believe. I believe we could play with Virginia, <laughs> Auburn, Duke. I mean, I, there's not a team out there I don't think we can, you know, play with and beat. Um, it's just, uh, I like I said, I said – it's just tough, man, being so emotionally invested into something and spending your life watching it, covering it, talking about it, and then to have just John Smith's whistle, you know, dictate the trajectory of how you, you know, it's, it's just a tough, tough thing, man. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I I am a firm believer, though, you know, we, we shot 13 for 27 from the free throw line. You know, yeah, that's what really killed. We lost. That's we really lost the game there. You know, we, we were four for thirteen at halftime, and we were down by twelve points or something to that extent. And um, you know, it's something that's not normal. We're literally at seventy nine percent free throw shooting team, nineteenth in the country. You know, yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's tough, man. That's tough. It was a tough weekend. It was tough to see Purdue and Virginia. I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I think we would have beat Virginia. I, I really do. Um, I think Purdue um, Purdue showed in that game that they they had one guy that just got crazy, went off, you know. But the rest of them, you know, just weren't that good. And I think Tennessee would have spread them out and scored from a lot of different areas. But it is what it is. So, and then yours is kind of the opposite. So North yeah. Carolina comes out and like you pretty much had an idea like most of the game that. <laughs> Man, listen. They so were gonna lose. I bought. I so I was only supposed to buy tickets to the first session. Wait, did you go? I went. I went both Friday and Sunday. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, so like it was a lot of back and forth, you know. I went, my wife had stuff she was doing that weekend, so it was a lot of uncertainty around if I was going. My brother came down because um, he was wanted to spend some time with, with my son for his birthday because he's shipping out. I mean, not when I when I say shipping out, the army's got him going somewhere in the country for some work or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So he's not going out overseas, but. Uh, so he comes down, and so we, I, you know, I've been tracking tickets, right? I've been tracking tickets before the brackets were announced. Three hundred dollars for all three games after they were announced, and KU is and Iowa State's in the in that side. It's four hundred dollars. Once those two teams are gone, I had, I hadn't checked until like Wednesday. So last Wednesday, I look and I'm like, ooh, like one thirty for all three games. I'm like. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Great. It's still nosebleed, but you know, okay, whatever. Like I'm in the building, um, and so like I meant to only buy tickets for just that first session, but like my wife had kind of been going, "You can go." No, no, you can't. Well, now you can. No, you can't. So like I wasn't paying attention. I end up buying tickets for both days, which sucks because I could we could have sat lower level for forty bucks on mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, but we go to the game, and you know, first half it's a back and forth affair. Um, Carolina fights back. They take a lead. They go on a run, take a lead. Auburn makes a run, and they score at, I think it's Harper, who scores, and they go up two at the half. Um, and then second half, like, I spent my entire second half screaming, stop helping. They only want to get to the basket to shoot threes. Like, I watch Auburn give up layups just to kick the ball out. And I get, I heard Bruce Pearl say today, he, I mean, he's going the hardcore analytical approach. Best shots in basketball are three-pointer or layup. Okay, Bruce, but you need to instruct your team when they have the layup to take. They blew fast breaks. Mm-hmm. They blew one against Kentucky trying to get a three, trying to do, I mean, trying to do more than what was required. And Carolina is notorious. It's one thing that they do really bad under Roy Williams is they overhelp on drives and they leave themselves too exposed for the kickout and they can't recover in time. And that was really... All Auburn did in the second half was just spot up three. And if I three. was watching correctly, Bryce Brown and Harper didn't even get off, right? Like, nah, wasn't it? Was it not? It somebody? was uh, the young man who got hurt, Chuma. Uh, like yeah, yeah Okiki. He was getting off. Number three, oh, I can't think of his name. Yeah. He was, he had to have at least 20 something because yeah. and it was almost all strictly off three pointers. Yeah. Because he had to have at least five of them in the second half because he was just from the corner from the corner, from the wing, and they were just overhelping. They were, and I kept saying to my brother, I said, man, they just, Carolina, Carolina looks like they have no energy. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, flu bug. Yeah, I've seen that. A lot of people were sick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got, uh, oh, what's the young man's name? Nasir Little. Yeah. He had 102-degree temperature leading up to the game. Cam Johnson didn't even make post-game because he was throwing up in the locker room. He had 102-degree temperature the night before the game. So it's just like, who else was affected by this, by game time? And when I saw, when Roy, po- it was a, a certain lineup he put out, and I was like, oh, he's giving up. Because, like, there was a lady, a Carolina fan, sitting next to me. She, you know, she's a casual fan. She wasn't a hardcore fan. And she was like, she's like, I don't, she was like, the boys are just not playing good. And I said, yeah, I think Roy just gave up because I'm looking at his lineup, and I'm going, who the heck is going to score? Mm-hmm. You know, and she's like, well, maybe they'll play harder than other guys. And I'm like, that. That doesn't help us right now. Playing hard just ain't enough. Like, they got to get buckets. So, I do give credit to Auburn. You know, they played great. But I, I, I wonder how healthy the team was. 
Um, and I came into the season with no expectations of what Carolina could be, what they could do. Um, and they, when, when they started playing well enough and once he becomes an, uh, in the picture, I was hoping that they can make it to the final four and we see what happened. Yeah. Um, when, you know, and see my whole thing was this, like, and this is how I've always viewed Kansas basketball is that once you get into the March, when you get into March Madness, one matchups are huge, you know, who you get, who you play, Mm. but to me, you, you just don't lose to teams that are supposed to be worse than you, you know, especially like a, a two to three to four seed jump, you know? Yeah, but like you said, matchups matter. So Carolina's mm-hmm. kryptonite are big men who are athletic and have size because Luke May, bless his heart, <laughs> you know, uh, shout out to great value Kevin Love. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, shout out to him. He doesn't do well against length and against guys who can – he can't overpower or jump over like they make his life hell. Yeah. And so, you know, they got – forget – again, I don't know these guys' names. or I just know 50 is their center, um, but zero could – it had the size. Yeah. Okiki had the size. Number three had – like they had three or four guys who could, who could both guard the wing and guard down low yeah. on Carolina. And without them having a dominant big man who could, like, move these guys – and make light and could jump over them and not have to worry about getting their block their shots blocked. That was tough. That was tough. Yeah. So, you know. In Tennessee's loss, you know, it's two three game, but like I guess there's a I mean, to me, it's like Carson Edwards, I know he's an all American. You know, they got a seven footer. They got two guys that have hit a hundred three pointers this year. You know, like like Purdue is no slouch, you know? Like I don't think that we lost to somebody, you know. Well, and I think y'all got caught up in that, you know, guy goes bonkers for one game. True. Because Klein, Klein, Ryan hit. Klein, <laughs> Ryan Klein was like, who? Yeah. And then for one game, he just loses his 27, mind. 27, yeah. And then, yeah. Man. Um, yeah, it's tough, man. That's tough, man. It's tough. Um, but I, I, I'm excited to watch Duke. No, not Duke. Michigan State. Um, We're going to get to Duke in just a second. Yeah. Michigan State, Texas Tech, and Auburn, Virginia. That's right. That's the two matchups, right? Yes. As a matter of fact, you know what? Let's let's talk about that. Let's. Okay. I'm gonna go into a break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk. We'll talk Final Four. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to. I, well, I take that back. We're gonna talk Duke first, because I, I, I have some words for Coach K. <laughs> I have words for Coach K. So we're gonna get into this next joint from a uh, victory lap from uh, Nipsey Hustle. This joint is called Blue Laces. You listen to A One, A Ward on It's a Black and White Thing. We're coming back. Never mind. My bad, y'all. That's uh, still victory lap. Here's Blue Laces. Players mess up too. You know what I mean? Bear with your boy. It's been a long day at work. I got you. Well, I ain't get yelled at. But I got in trouble, you know? Players mess up. That's the theme of this, theme of this episode. Theme of my day. XL just tweeted uh, Take nine. Never judge you, but the streets that never love you. I wonder what it comes to in your brain for you to run to. Once the haters and 
cuffers and maces. Call us dumb, cause our culture is contagious. Third generation, South Central. I live long enough to see it change. Think it's time we make arrangements. Finally wiggle out that maces. Find me out in different places. And I spoke by the door, this the infiltration. Double back dressed in blue laces. That is Blue Laces from Nipsey Hussle's Victory Lap. You listen to A1 and A Ward on It's a Black and White Thing. And uh, before we went to the break, we got to talking and uh, got to talking about Duke and Final Four. We're going to get to the Final Four in just a second. We're going to be real basketball heavy, especially college. But I got it. So I want to ask you because we talked about expectations and whether season was a success or a failure. I do think in college basketball, you are, um, again, I think anytime you make, once you make it out of the first weekend, I think your season has been somewhat of a success. I think it's 300 teams in Division One. Mm-hmm. If you're one of the last 16 standing, you have done something right. Whether you get there by hook or crook, whether you, mm-hmm. you know, a ball rolls around a rim and you survive or whether you blow a team out. Duke, Michigan State, last game of the uh, the of the Elite Eight, um, really entertaining game, um, fun game. Michigan State gets the victory. I thought Cassius Winston was a senior. He's only a junior. My apologies. He he he's, he looks like a senior in the face. Um, <laughs> but they beat Duke, and to me, I mean, I think you'll agree. This season was a failure for Duke, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I, and to me, this is—I get Coach K has his rep, I, and he's a. Let me not get it twisted. Even though I, I, I kind of you know, loudly proclaim that Roy Williams has been a better coach than Coach K since two thousand three, which is factually correct. You cannot, you cannot deny any of what I'm saying. Um, the stats back me up on that. I get he's a legend, great one of the greatest coaches of all time. Probably the greatest coach of his era. But he is not equipped for one and done. Hmm. Um, and most coaches are not. And the reason I say this, though, about, about Duke is people, first of all, even though I've kind of, I've gotten on R.J. Barrett for being a ball hog. But when you watch that game down the stretch, it is clear Zion is gas. He's tired. And the all, all the t- media timeouts and TV timeouts and and. Actual call timeouts can't save you from that, from a season's worth of playing heavy minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are times where he gets the ball, he tries to make a move. If it doesn't work, he's giving it up and he's done with that play. He's not coming back to him. Um, I said repeatedly on Twitter that Coach K, it is, it has been reported Coach K did not run plays for Zion, and that that was going to come back to bite them when they needed it the most. They were going to try to they were going to try to run a play. They weren't going to stick with it. And he was just going to give it up to RJ. Coach K did not do a good job of developing this team to have to rely on other people other than Zion first, Zion second, and then RJ is kind of like option two through five. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I think he has he has failed in this one and done era. Wendell Carter Jr., his mother last year talked about how um, with Coach K, he was all about Marvin Bagley Jr. And then everyone else just kind of had to fall in line. Mm-hmm. Um, it was clear to see that it was like that with Zion, 
but RJ's personality on the court is he's not a fall in line kind of guy. He's not a fall in line kind of dude. And it's like if he's like, look, if if it's not working with the first play when I get the ball, I got to make something happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily fault him for that. To me, that's that's coaching of not saying like I wonder how Coach K calls a play like Virginia Tech at the end of that game. Which being in the stadium for that was pretty crazy because yeah. we watched that on the big screen. And when when he misses the shot, like the entire stadium is rooting against Duke. By the of way, of course, loses their minds when he misses that shot. Um, but I mean, this season was a failure, and they probably should have. I'm going to miss watching Zion. Yeah, and as a Carolina fan, that is painful to say. Mm-hmm. I am not going to miss the coverage of Zion. No, not at all. I am sick. Of of the coverage of Zion Williamson and everything that he does. But, I mean, your thoughts on this Duke season? Because I'm I'm pretty sure you watch a lot of their games as well. They're on TV a lot. Yeah. Um, I 100% agree with you that it's a failure. I mean, uh, Calipari didn't lose in the Elite Eight when Anthony Davis was there. You know, that's probably his most stacked team. Right. And 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 let's be honest, Duke brought in the number one player in the nation, the number two player in the nation, the number five player in the nation, and the number seventeen player in the nation. You know? Um, so and when you're looking at what's left right now in the final four, I think that maybe Auburn and Virginia might have I know I know Texas Tech doesn't even have anybody that was a four star. Like they're literally full of three stars and transfers. Like Jared Cover wasn't a four star. He was a three star. Yeah, I read the article on that. This wow. Auburn is full of a lot of transfers and number fifty that you said had some size. Austin Wiley, I think he was like the number ninety six player in the nation or something. Like he was like a top one hundred guy or something. Um. So so Duke comes in with, I mean, equivalent to me in what Calipari had with Davis and. Um, that whole squad. So uh, I'll, let me make one distinction before you keep going. That team was a little bit more stacked because they had guys like Terrence Jones, who came back for okay. a second season. Senior, well, not they senior, had, but experience. They had experience. They had more experience. Okay, there was not. There was lacking on that on on this Duke team. It okay. was all freshmen, and then all the you know the other guys were you know sophomores, but they weren't like that time. They didn't have that type right, of talent. Right. But I think that I think that what you notice is when Zion wasn't in the game, Duke was. A three seed, a four seed, you know, like whenever whenever he wasn't playing during the regular season, they played like a team that could be beat on any given day at excuse me, at home or away. And um and so for them to go in, you know, with like you said, I know that the, the season, the 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 minutes that he's played, he also missed what, five six games. Six games three and three. Um so for them to go in, you know, him him resting up for March and to have they should have lost game two you know they should have lost game two they should have lost game three you know and honestly i thought they should have lost to michigan state by more than a bucket i just don't think that you know man i mean michigan state i don't know what to say about michigan state like that i mean i wouldn't be surprised if michigan state lost by double digits to texas tech wow i just don't so man i know you know the, we're gonna get Texas Tech and Auburn, right? Bro, CBS <laughs> CBS execs are already crying that they didn't get Duke. And then you're gonna you're gonna wish that evil on them, Ricky Bobby, of a Texas Tech and Auburn. It's literally gonna look like the cotton bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I got a problem with people calling Texas Tech a football school, by the way. Yeah, that's like terrible. I just like like I heard I've heard two national media say, Well, you got two football schools there, and I'm like, wait, where? 
Who's who's the second one? Because I know Auburn is one. Uh, are we talking Michigan State? Because I'm pretty uh, sure they've Michigan right because they've had more success than than Texas Tech in in football recently. So yeah, but I mean like oh my gosh, you want to no the nightmare matchup really is Texas Tech and Virginia because these are those are the two of the top three in terms of scoring. Uh, oh yeah, points allowed per yeah, that's game. Forty four to forty four to forty seven. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I hate listen. No disrespect to those guys because they do put in great defense. But watching Virginia Tech play basketball is like watching paint dry. Yeah. Um, I and I enjoy good defense just as much as the next guy. But offensively, wait, Virginia Tech or Texas Tech? I'm sorry, Virginia oh, and Virginia. Texas Tech, okay. both yeah. of them. Yeah. They both they they both are like watching paint dry. Yeah. I mean, Culver has NBA talent, so you might get a wild moment. Right. But like the rest of their squad is just kind of like. Meh. Yeah. And that's what I think. That's my issue with 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 them versus Michigan State. I think Michigan State can muster up enough scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Texas Tech, if they put the clamps on them. I just look at how they did Michigan, you know, and I'm like, Michigan and Michigan State were pretty back and forth in the games they played this year, you know. Yeah, but I, I know it's be- a total different game, and but I didn't believe in the scoring. That I don't believe that. Granted, Michigan State throttled North Carolina when they played Big Ten ACC Challenge, but mm-hmm. I just didn't believe in their ability to get buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to think against a, a team like Texas Tech, you got to have at least one guy. And maybe that one guy for, for Michigan State is Cassius Winston. Maybe he can get enough buckets to keep things going. Granted, people, you know, I don't – I feel kind of bad. I'm not criticizing him, but he got bigged up for having a good game. And it was a good game or a great game. But it's like he had like 20-something points and like 27 shots. Who? Uh, Cassius Winston. Oh, he did. He had twenty. Okay. Yeah, he he took he he took more shots than he scored points. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, but you talk about it all the time. You gotta you gotta credit a guy like Izzo and the experience that he brings. While I may have some issues with how he coaches, again, he didn't lose his mind. Yeah. Uh, like he did in that first round game, but he there was a moment and the camera got off him quick where he was getting ready to lay into one of his seniors. And one of his his uh, <laughs> kids had to put his hand on him and say, Coach. Coach. And we're talking about under a minute. Like, yeah. this was the end of the game. And I'm like, Coach, focus. Like, again, how you how you kick it is how you kick it. And if you're cool, your students are cool with it. But it's just like, bro, like, it's funny that, that be that, the adult. That game in itself is just a perfect coaching point to everybody being ready at all times, you know, because that I don't know that that Lions kid was a very highly. You know, like he was—he wasn't one of the stars of the team, was he? Like, uh, the kid that he that they hit the, the three. first round game. No, oh, the kid Goins. from Michigan State, Goins. I'm sorry, Goins, yeah. Goins. Um, like, I mean, he's a starter. I believe he's a starter, right? Maybe. He is a starter. You know, but he's not like he's not Cassius Winston, and he's not. You know, um, I don't think he's like even their second option, is he? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. I know very little. Well, my thought was this: is like, is like. The kid hit the big shot, you know. Well, I mean, I know uh, Joshua Langford. He was their leading scorer. Yeah. He got he's out for the season. He got hurt. Um, so Cassius Winston yeah. has become like he was already one of the guys, but now he is offensively the guy. Matt yeah. McQuaid, you know, he's going to be a yeah. nice spot up shooter, knock down some shots. Uh, I would say Ward maybe yeah. might be their and second it, option. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying that the, the kid was he's ready to shoot it. He got the ball, he shot it, he made the shot. You know, it's the coaching point that says, listen. Our whole season can come down to um, 
uh, what's the kid's name uh, for for Duke? Cam Reddish, you know, our season come down to him getting the ball, you know, and she, it's not RJ Zion, it's not just Cassius. They're not going to get us there, you know. It, well, I'm going to need you to knock down a shot, you know, and he did, and so I was kind of glad that he was able to, um, you know, basically be in the right place at the right time and not do what he does in practice probably every day and hit the shot. Yeah, not a big scorer, only eight points a game mm-hmm. this year. But uh, but to me that so. I guess to kind of contrast that again with Duke, like when I look at how he uses his freshman versus how um, how Michigan State, like you said, Goins knocked down the shot when he's ready. Mm-hmm. Um, Carolina, Carolina had Nasir Little. Nasir Little was already declared. He's going to the like he was like, look, yeah, I'm up out of here. Like yeah. season over. Like he declared like Monday. He was out. When he got here, he was, he was seen as a top five pick for the draft coming into the season. There was lots of rumblings about, and to his credit. To his credit, to his family's credit, to the people around him, um, you never heard any outward rumblings about, I'm not starting. You know, I'm, he came off the bench all season. And as the season got along, you saw him start to put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by the time they got to ACC and then the first couple of games in the tourney, he was playing his best basketball. And I feel like guys like Izzo, um, granted, he's not getting the stars that, at the level of Duke or, or – or, I would say even Carolina or Kentucky, but he's going to put his guys in position to where they have no problem taking the shot. Now, right. granted, Goins is a redshirt senior. I think Tillman might be a, a senior, if not a senior, redshirt senior, junior in uh, Winston, senior in McQuaid. So it's a it's an experienced team. Yeah, yeah. So I want to add. Well, I guess we've kind of talked about both teams. I mean, Virginia. Listen, I'm an ACC guy. I watch Virginia play. They're not interesting. They're not fun. DeAndre Hunter's apparently a lottery pick, he's, right? I don't know if he's a lottery pick. I think he's going to be a first-round guy. Yeah. They think Ty Jerome's going to be a first-round guy. I personally don't see it. Um, I mean, maybe he's an, he's an American version of Svee Mikhailuk from yeah. KU. What about Kyle Guy? Nothing. Delhi? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I have no idea how he'll translate. And to me, DeAndre Hunter, I don't even see, I don't get it with DeAndre. So, Hunter. would you, would you say that with the four teams left, that there is not a lottery pick playing? Culver, Jared Culver. Okay, Culver. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna be a lottery pick. He'll be a lottery pick. Absolutely, okay. absolutely gonna be a lottery pick. Um, other than that, man, I mean, again, De- people are saying DeAndre Hunter, and I'm just like, what are you basing it off? Yeah. Of? Now maybe it's one of those where I'm just missing it. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not some draft expert out here. Right. I but now I think Culver for sure and the rest of them, I have no idea what they'll be in the league at the next level. Like people, like I said, people say Todd Jerome is a sure lock to be drafted. Hmm. Um, yeah. Same thing with DeAndre Hunter as a first round pick, and I'm just like I don't get it, y'all. Yeah. Y'all got to help me understand. Um, so I don't, you know, who do you who do you think wins it all? Um, who do I think wins it all? At this point, I think the winner of Michigan State Texas Tech wins it all. Oh God, am I really about to pick Virginia? Am I really about to do this to myself? No, I don't. I can't do it. Um, I'm going Michigan State. Um, they're the most. Well, I mean, not. Mo- I can't say they're the most experienced team because Virginia's team is is very experienced. Um, they have a lot of. You know, I, I could just, you, whenever you just see headlines, you know, it's like, 
Yeah, that's what that's what's going to happen. There's going to talk about how they went from being the only team to ever lose to a 16 seed, and then the next year they won the championship. Like I can already see that. Like I can already see this, you know, dialogue happening. I mean, I I guess I could see that happening, and then Tony Bennett goes to UCLA. The question is, do I root for Bruce Pearl? <laughs> wow, we hadn't even talked about Bruce Pearl. I mean, you see my tweet, right? I mean, that we were talking about he beat UNC, Kentucky, and, and Kansas back to back. I mean, that's a heck of a heck of a resume. Roy Self and Calipari. Random side note: Ashton Hagens, what are you doing? Like, yeah, that kid had an awful, awful game. Awful game. I guess that's one of the other things I learned. By the way, college kids, you really got to hammer home no time and score. I feel like the Virginia Tech kid, part of the reason he didn't get that shot even close is because he thought it was still .6 left on the clock and not 1.1, which mm-hmm. would allow him to catch the ball and actually shoot it versus yeah. that little shot put deal he tried. Yeah. Um, Ashton Hagens ran down the court against Auburn, down four, under 20, jumps in the air with nowhere to throw the ball, and it's like you need a three. Like at this point, a two does you know it was under it might have been under fifteen. Yeah. A two does you no good. You need a three because you need to hit a three foul. Hope they hit two sh- uh, if they hit right. two shots. Now you can tie the game and go to overtime. Yeah. Um just a lot of kids not understanding time and score mm-hmm. and what needed to happen in those instances. But um yeah, man, I I can't pick myself to pick Virginia. Like it's just So I, I'm gonna go with Michigan State by default. And I'm praying to God that that you've already jinxed me once because you you said in the Midwest Regional when I said to buy tickets or not to buy tickets you're gonna go you're gonna feel like crap when you're sitting there watching Auburn and <laughs> I didn't say that. Did what I? did you say? It wasn't Auburn and Kentucky. You said Auburn and Houston, which yeah. almost happened. Yeah, which almost happened. <laughs> which almost happened. Um, ooh, 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 ooh! Before we close out this segment, I gotta look up this kid's name. Played for Houston, right? So I'm watching warm-ups uh, for the Houston and uh, Kentucky game. And I'm watching them. I'm watching uh, Houston's on my end of the court warming up. There's a kid for Houston. So they had this little uh, they had this little drill where you where they, they throw you the ball. You shoot a three at, at the wing. Then you go to the corner. They kick you the ball. You shoot a three. And you go back to the wing. You shoot one more three and you get back in line. So I'm watching this kid, Armani Brooks, number three for Houston. He gets to the he gets to the wing. They kicking the ball, bang, all net. He gets to the wing, bang, all net. He gets back to the wing, bang, wing corner wing. I mean, just splash, brother, like when the way it was hitting the net. I was like, ooh, okay, okay. I watched a young man in the first half. He hits a couple of jumpers, and when, when every time he shot it. I looked at my brother and I said, wetter. I said, bro. I said, bro, watch this dude shoot. I said, he does nothing else. And like, he literally proved my point. He cannot dribble. <laughs> he cannot dribble. He didn't, when 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 the ball wasn't, when he wasn't an option, he didn't move. All he did was <laughs> shoot. catch, shoot. <laughs> and, and make he, it. And make, bro, he went off in the second half. He ended up with like 24 points in that game. And like, he was just coming off screens. Wet, wetter. 
wetter. And I was so disappointed Houston lost because I just wanted to do, watch this dude one more game, run around, <laughs> and, and do hit. nothing but just shoot. Because I'm like, bro, you remind me of me in high school. Like, this is all I did. Oh, that's why you wanted to tell the story. Listen. <laughs> he reminds no, you of you in high school. He did remind me. Uh-huh. You know how you get on my brother because he can't dribble? Yeah. That's like, that was me. Like, you could not give me the ball at any point because if I tried to do something with it, I was going to get ripped. But it went in. But if I could, but all I did was run around and I would come Hilarious. off, catch and shoot. Hilarious. And I, and it would be good. Not, not to, not to his credit, not to the, not to the level <laughs> of this young man because that young man was, but yo, Armani Brooks, man, shout out to you. You got a J. And it, his jumper reminds me of, um, CJ McCollum. Oh, that's a nice one. Listen, his his form reminds me of CJ McCollum. And the one thing I say about CJ McCollum is when he steps in the gym, he comes in with 10 points on the books already mm-hmm. because he is that good at getting a bucket. So, young man, shout out to you. I enjoy watching you. I hope I'm, you're going to be a senior next year. Hopefully, Houston will be good again, and I get a chance to watch you run around and shoot some more jumpers. Work on those handles. Get those handles in order because, bro, you ain't have it. You did not have it. But anyway, man, we're going to jump into one more segment. We're going to get up out of here. You're listening to A1, A Ward. It's a black and white thing. We'll come with the OT. I think I got one subject for the OT. And then we're going to get out of here. This last song from Nipsey Hussle is called Double Up featuring Belly and Dom Kennedy. A1, A Ward. It's a black and white thing. Let's go. You should do an album called Mumble Rap Double and just put an H over Real the M. Times, I ain't telling no lies, I just run it up. And it can be Humble Never Rap. Never had a hard time, Humble was. And you can just say really, really meek things. Double up. No, you should take no the. Uh, just, you should take the uh, the, the rap that that. Hey, you heard that uh, no Old Town Road? Uh-uh. Pull it up, dude. Dude like Lil Nas X, right from Atlanta. He decides to make a country rap song. So so keep this in the keep this keep this in the podcast. Uh, he decides to make uh, this this record, and like it blows up. It's got like. 40 million, like he dropped it like I think last month. Got like 40 million streams. Um, it got to number one on Billboard, and then they took it like the country people said this isn't a country record, so they took it off the country chart. I mean, technically, for the for all intents and purposes, the only thing country about it is his accent that he uses. So I'm gonna go. So I mean, kind of unpop. That is kind of unpopular opinion. This is not a, not a country. I'm gonna go ahead and play this. Show. I'm gonna turn it up just a little bit. Baby. Like, I want to throw this in the playlist. <laughs> I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black. Got the boosters black to match. Riding on a horse. Ha, you can whip your horse. I've been in the valley. You ain't been up off that porch. Now, can't nobody tell me nothing.
That's hilarious. So yeah. I'm definitely listening to that way home. 40 million I should have done that a long time ago. Y'all are not my y'all, y'all, are not, y'all aren't good friends, man. You should have told me that was my lane. <laughs> Yeah, so that that was a little double feature. That was Nipsey Hussle with Double Up and then Lil Nas X with Old Town Road. Oh, that's where the bars comes in. Nipsey Hussle song's called Double Up and then you doubled up. You put another song on the back end. Hilarious, hilarious. But yeah, so let me get let's get into this OT, man. Um so you brought this to my attention last week and apparently the AF AF the um, Allegiance Alliance of American Football has, at least for now, folded up. Because they don't have enough money. They do not have enough money. So we can say the Aflax. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious, bars. Um, yeah, they shut down operations because they do not have enough bread. Um I mean, man, I don't know. I don't, I, so we kind of had this little discussion in the group, man. I, I appreciate the ambition behind that, mm-hmm. um, but we did not need any more football. Like you said, we didn't ask for this. I don't. I don't think that people were wanting. You know, it just kind of like popped up. It was like, oh, let's check this out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, players are being forced to pay for their own travel back home. Yeah, I saw Johnny Manziel tweeted or something, and it's something to the extent of like, "Look, don't try to get the court systems and this, that, and the third in to try to sue them to get your last paycheck. Like you knew why you were here. <laughs> like just, just let it go. Like you're not getting paid again." <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm actually looking at these tweets right now. Like, man, like again, I if you watch the league, I watch like again the first first week maybe the second week and i didn't watch after that ratings apparently ratings wasn't the issue it was just literally they didn't have enough money yeah and it's like i'm looking at Vince McMahon, like bro how much of the wwe are you going to uh i mean granted he sold like i think he sold sold some some stock to get the capital yeah for that but how much of your stock are you gonna have to sell to really get this thing off the ground bro but listen the wwe makes bread (laughs) listen (laughs) If there's one, if there's one thing in in, in life that is still <laughs> making WrestleMania money. coming up, right? Yeah, it's next week. I'm having a party. Really? Yeah. If you want to come, let me know. Uh, it's on you Sunday. Got, you got an, have an? Is that the? Huh? No, 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 no. Not that. Not that. No, something different. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so. man. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, my bro got the WWE subscription. I was actually watching. Uh, I got on Triple H kick, so I started watching some of his old matches. Yeah, I watched the uh, the undisputed match with Chris Benoit mm. um, from 2002. Um, I actually started watching the I Quit match between Rock and uh, Mankind. Yeah, you know, which I can't believe we actually let that stuff happen. But like the oh, way listen, society you can't, is you, no, changed, you can't go back and watch wrestling. You'd be like, "What? Wait, bro, huh? They had Mick Foley was in handcuffs, and the Rock was giving him chair shots. Yeah, after chair shot. After chair I mean, shot. even that, like, I mean, Austin was, like, stunning women. You know, like, there was just girls was getting beat up by dudes in the ring. Like, you know, the t- the types of things that are being said. Like, oh, Jerry Lawler said some of the most, like, f- 
Oh Lord! <laughs> about yeah. women, about just any like about like the Puppies. Spanish announce table, like you know, like like I think there's one episode live on air where he says like they're sponsored by Taco Bell or like or like they oh you know you won't you don't gosh. know what they're saying over there anyway. Like he'll say things like that like live on, and it was just it was just normal back then. Yikes. Yeah, I do remember seeing a match between. Uh, it was Stephanie. This is I didn't see I stopped watching wrestling, so I didn't even know that there was a there was a time where Triple H and Stephanie had like divorced. Oh yeah, or sep or at least mm-hmm. were separated at some point. Um, but it was like Jericho versus Stephanie versus Triple H. Yeah, I mean in 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 that undisputed match, like he pedigrees. <laughs> Stephanie. Yeah. Um, yeah. That stuff won't fly. But anyway, but yeah, so, you know, basically WWE, man, they, they still make their money. So I don't know what he has to. Man, he's going to need at least close to a billion. Uh, to me, in order to make it run, he's going to need close to a billion. Because the other thing that AF ran in trouble is that they, they needed more players. And again, like we kind of had this conversation, like why would you, if you were a back-end roster player, why would you even consider right. playing in the AF if you're trying to make it to the NFL? So Yeah, one injury in the AF and you're done. You know? And you really do need AFLAC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so. I guess the, I mean, to me, that's kind of the, the one of the big lessons I learned from the AF is you have to be nuts to play in this, play football. Um, you know what I think, though? Like, I think that there's a huge gap right there's a huge gap in the quarterbacks that are playing in the AF, and so 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 mind you there's quarterbacks that went away from college and said all right i didn't make it in nfl like i'm gonna go do this you know what i mean there's a lot of people out there that could play better quarterback than these guys that are quarterbacking oh in the gosh. AF because those dudes were terrible they were awful they were absolutely awful and they made me rethink my whole you know Maybe, maybe how how valuable are quarterbacks to for a league because they were terrible. Like Vince Young could probably go play quarterback for one of those teams and be, you know, I mean, I don't know what and Vince being Young, competent probably, right? Exactly. He, if know? he was in shape, so it's not like these guys are the are are you know we're talking about a few levels down, you know. So to actually make an NFL roster, I mean, we're talking about guys that. <laughs> You know, if such and such wanted to take, you know, to leave the insurance office that he works at or whatever and hop back, you know, he could probably, you yeah, know. Like Eric Crouch could give you a few snaps. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> but, oh, well, so long to the AF. Yeah, shout out to y'all. I appreciate y'all trying, but I just didn't need football after the after the Super Bowl. I'm straight. Yeah. I'm, I'm footballed out at that point. Last thing, I want to ask you this. I saw this on Twitter like a couple of weeks ago and I forgot to bring it up. So you going to I'm going to present you with three basketball players, three point guards. They're on your roster. You trade one, you bench one, you start the other one. Okay. The three guards are Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard. Who do you trade? Who do you bench? Who do you start? I trade Kyrie Irving. I bench Damian Lillard and I start Russell Westbrook. Wow. So I feel a little bad that I was actually going to bench Westbrook and start Lillard. Really? What, what's the, what's what's your reasoning behind the I, benching and I, and and the I might start? be a little off, but to me, West, Westbrook has an alpha mentality, and I could see Lillard with a, with a beta mentality, and I could see him being more okay with coming off the bench in a sense, like his character maybe, whereas I think Westbrook would be – I don't think I think Westbrook has to be that guy. Like he's got to be. I agree with your Westbrook's take. I think that 
Dame is 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 very much an alpha. We're both trading Kyrie though, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Get him out. Just get him out of here. Um, I think Dame is very much an alpha. I think he's going to handle it better. Okay, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's where I was going. Yeah. So we'll switch out Kyrie and put in Steph. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm training Westbrook, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and Steph is starting, and, and Lillard's coming off the bench. And I can't think of another point guard that would even make this more intriguing at this point. If I swapped out like Westbrook and put in, we kept Steph, Dane, Trey Young is too is not is not seasoned enough. Yeah, and technically James Harden's a well Chris Paul. Nah, too old. Let's put yeah. Harden in there though. Harden technically, I mean, he's a point forward, right? For lack of a better term, but I think I'm gonna have Harden on the bench still, and I'm gonna start. Who are we? Who are we? Who are Steph? Harden, Lillard. I'd, I'd probably trade. S- s- Boy, you was fixing your lips to say Steph, and you were about I to line, you were about to send a like the thirty people that listen to us into like yeah. <laughs> well, my thing is like my, my my thing is value. You know, like I I don't know is Steph. Do you get much more for Steph than you do Lillard? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to get more for Steph than you will Lillard. So you're looking at it from an assets. My thing is this: James Harden is getting buckets regardless. Okay, like regardless, he's getting buckets. He starts, he comes off the bench. His bucket, the buckets are there. So we don't care if he starts or he plays off. Yeah, the he's bench. walking in with 25. Yeah, walking in the gym. So then the trade aspect of it is that you know Steph can do things that Harden can't. I think. So Ooh. how do they complement each other? Man, Steph can do things hard. Ooh. I don't Shanny? know. Does Lillard play better defense and stuff? I mean, we're all kind of talking about, you know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just kind of they're there Prima on Donna. defense. Yeah. Um, they, I, I, I'd say this about all three. They try. Yeah. So I, I think that I'll say that about them. They try. I think Steph actually might try the hardest on defense because he 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 cares as much as Dame does. I'll put it like that because I don't want to slight Dame. I think Steph cares as much as Dame does to actually play really good defense. So, I don't know, man. Y'all can let us know what y'all think. I am might put that up as a uh, – Good question. On our, on our, I can't put it up as a poll question. No, post it on um, Twitter or something, yeah. Yeah, and I post it on Twitter. Like, you got to trade one, trade one, bench start one, one bench start one. the other one cool. between Harden, Lillard. And I get it, guys. Don't come in my mention saying, well, Harden's not a point guard. He's a point forward. Yeah. You understand what he does. You see the numbers he puts up. He brings the ball to court. He brings the ball to the court. So let us know what you think. Hit us up at Brains and Bars on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know who would you bench, who would you start, who would you trade. I'm going to post it on both of our sites. You let me know. Um, I'd like to thank you guys for listening. For first-time listeners, welcome. For those who have been rocking with us, um, I've been kind of getting some analytics from Anchor. Uh, we've been getting listens from all over the world. Like I've seen Austria. I've seen Germany, Belgium. <laughs> I want to say some, uh, maybe somewhere in Africa as well. If you're so, listening to this, I travel. Um, so oh, yeah, yeah. If you're in Austria or Belgium or Africa, you know anybody that likes rap, hit us up. Yeah, so we thank you guys for listening. Uh, once again, go to SoundCloud.com backslash Brains and Bars to check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing. Once again, follow us on social media at Brains and Bars on Facebook and Twitter. You can also check out the show if you have, you know, if you have iTunes, Spotify, Google. Um, Castbox, Anchor, um, Pocket Cash. If you, you search hashtag Brands and Bars, you'll find every episode of It's a Black and White Thing there. Um, I thank you guys for listening. I am Award.com for all 
music, merch, battles. You can find everything there, everything you need. Shout out to AmpedEntertainment.net. Shout out to The Humble One, B. Harris, Puss and Boots Gaming. The S's are fives. Go check him out. He's got, uh, I think, Red... Uh, Something about Granny and Red Dead Redemption is like his newest video up because I got the alert for it. Matter of fact, I'm going to hold on 30 seconds. Don't turn this off. Give me 30 seconds to find out. My son has like been got gang gang granny. Gang gang granny. Thank you. Appreciate it. I knew Granny was in it. I knew Granny was in it. It's a Red Dead Redemption watch where he's playing the game. Gang gang granny. Puss in Boots gaming. Go check that out. He's actually dressed up in a wig as a granny <laughs> playing the game. I, don't be. Oh, don't. Don't ever, don't ever sell yourself out like that. Don't sell yourself out like that. I'm going to report you as spam if you do so. But anyway, until next time, we'll holler at y'all. It's been a black and white. We'll see y'all next week.